So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. My guest today is a business growth expert. He's a global speaker. He's mentor to numerous entrepreneurs and he's founder of the Business and Marketing School. Jess and James, welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you very much for having me, buddy. Pleasure to be here. No, I really appreciate it. So Jess, and I know you've got quite an interesting story of, of how you became an entrepreneur and, and the success that you've now achieved. Talk my listeners through how that journey mapped out for you. Gosh, God, where do I start? Where do I start? I think it all started with my, my parents deciding to have children one day. No, that's probably too <laughs> far back. Um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, my background, I mean, where did it all begin? I mean, I look, I, I had a very humble upbringing. Uh, I, I grew up in, uh, in, in East London with, with my parents in a uh, very, very modest, small terraced house. Mm. Uh, Mum and dad worked all the time, um, did the best that they could with the resources that they had to provide for me and my brother. Um, didn't have much growing up. Um, and and if, if, if anything, my, de my desire to want more stemmed from being bullied. And what I mean by that is mm. I used to go to school in hand-me-downs. I used to wear my brother's hand-me-downs. I used to wear clothes sometimes that didn't fit me. Yeah. Um, I used to wear <laughs> like the cheapest of the cheap trainer brands yeah. ever. That again were secondhand, <laughs> um, and um, you know I'm going to be honest, mate. Kids are assholes. <laughs> yeah, they 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 bully you. Like they they'll laugh at you, and like all the other all, all the other kids were wearing like you know Nike Air Max and Reebok Classics and all that stuff. And, yeah. Um, you know, so I got laid into a bit, and um, I remember being a kid. I think it was about seven or eight years old. I remember getting um, getting angry one day uh, with my parents, wrongly so, for for not being able to afford nice things, and. Yes. Um, you know, and, and obviously looking back as I got older, I realized that, hey, you know what, they were, they were doing the best that they could, right? Yes, of course. Um, you know, and, and so, so anyway, that was where my desire to want things. I'm going to be honest, mate, it started off as Yeah. Uh, but but it, gave, it, it, it kind of ignited a hunger in me that I didn't know uh, existed, which was yeah. you know, to, to go and, you know, if you, want, if you want something, go and get resourceful, right? And, yeah. um, you know, and so, so for me, it was, I was always fascinated by, how people made money, mm. uh, typically transacting. Yeah. So, mm. um, so I, I was that I was that kid in school who you, you know you can go to in the playground, ask for something, I'd go and find it and sell yeah. it to. You, right? yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, legal stuff for the purpose. Yeah. Of this. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know, what, what I remember clearly, like my first real taste of it was um, was me actually going down to the the high street in, mm. in East Ham in East London where I grew up, uh, walking into one of these. Uh, you know, mobile phone shops, because obviously, mm. you know, back in sort of that sort of 95, 96, 97, they were popping up all over the place, these yes. uh, mobile phone stores. And um, I, I remember walking into one and as a 15 year old, yeah, 15 years old, blagging uh, to the owner to yeah. give me a bunch of, um, do, I don't know if you remember this, the Nokia had these interchangeable faces and all these I little do. accessories and I all do. those kind of fancy little mod modifications to your mobile. So somehow, managed to blag um, some of those off of him. Yeah. Um, he, he actually gave me a bin liner full of um, earphones and uh, face covers and all this kind of stuff. I said, all right, well, you go and sell this and yeah. you bring it back and then I'll give you some of the money. And I thought, God, like, this guy's very trusting, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but anyway, true to my word, I went out, I sold them in school, went back, gave him the money and uh, he shared, obviously he knocked me. But he gave. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't care. I was 15 years old, you know. So um, yeah. it, it, 
was, but that was kind of when I realized that, you know, you get paid and if anyone's listening, please, please take note of this. Um, you, you get paid according to the amount of value you bring to the marketplace. Yeah. And, yeah. um, he got paid more than me because he's the one who sourced and supplied them. Yes. More value. Um, I was just the person who physically transacted something mm. so, and any, anyone can do that. Yeah. So, so yeah. that means, Hey, good lesson. Right. So, but, uh, but then growing up, obviously going to school, um, you know, when I left university, I actually, I actually qualified as a, a nurse for those of you who don't mm. know, I'm actually a, a mental health nurse by trade. Mm. And I, uh, left uni, um, in 2004 and I said, right, I want to start a business. Mm. Um, it's now or never, you know, mm. if I don't give it a shot now, then, you know, it will never happen. So yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to give it a go. And I did, I started a business and I made a massive minus 65,000 pounds in three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. But obviously, as you know, you know, 24 years old, fresh out of uni already in debt. I think it's safe to say it hurts a little bit more. Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just remember, you know, get, you know, licking my wounds and, and sort of going, going into employment as a nurse. Mm. Um, and I was hurt. I was hurt. I worked in the private sector uh, as a nurse. I didn't work in the NHS. Mm. And working as a, in the private sector, uh, you climb the ranks very, very quickly. I became a, a ward manager, actually the youngest ward manager in the country at 27 right. years old. And um, I, I managed a, 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 a ward for 18 females with borderline personality disorder. Blimey. That's, yeah. that sounds challenging. But what it was, but it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot, but, um, but you know, it definitely, you know, made my desire for uh, learning how the human brain works even deeper than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the thing is, when you're a manager, uh, a nurse manager in the private sector, you get given sales targets. Now, you know, I don't know if you've ever met a, ne- a nurse with sales targets, but, no, uh, never. You know, um, but that's, that's what it was. And, and I made my employer selling beds to the NHS, mm. uh, just over six and a half million pounds in two years. Wow. In sales and uh, banked money. Yeah. So, um, so, so then in uh, the 2008, 2009, we had the recession going on. And I remember coming out the tail end of that in July, 2009, mm. uh, my employer basically told me that they didn't need me anymore. Mm. Uh, and just like that, it was uh, all taken away from me. So um, cut a long story short, mate. Um, I, I, I vowed never to work for anyone ever again. Yeah. Uh, wish it was as rosy as that. I spent the next five months really, really battling with uh, what do I do, you yeah. know, no money, all that kind of stuff. Parents telling me to get a job, get a life, what's wrong with yeah. you? Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I decided to use what I already knew uh, and that was um, healthcare. So I, I launched my own healthcare business. Yeah. Uh, that was in December 2009, which was a supported living service for adults with uh, learning difficulties and mental right. illness. Right. Um, which I grew. Um, I, I doubled the size of the company in the first 12 months. Uh, I was just pouring all the money back in yeah. um, to grow, 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 grow that business. Um, obviously, it was working like a headless chicken, so you had to systemize it and step away. Yes. Uh, if anything, um, you know, that, that's the shortened version. It was, obviously, it wasn't as easy as that, but um, yeah. that business made me financially free at the age of 31. And as a result of being financially free from that, allowing me to go and invest in other businesses mm. such as hair salons and online stores and all sorts, um, mm. um, eventually made me a millionaire two years later. Amazing. So not bad for a nurse who got fired. Absolutely. Unbelievable <laughs> turnarounds. Yeah. And I, and I want to ask you, before we tap into what you're doing now, mm. you, obviously you were hugely successful in sales as a nurse, right? What, yes. do you, what do you believe that was down to? Understanding what makes people buy 
and understanding that sales is not selling, it's helping people to buy. Yes. It's a big difference. Yes. Um, yeah. that, I would say that's the major, major attribute to my sales success mm. over the years. I've, I've never, I, I can't explain it. I mean, we touched on this briefly before we jumped on. It's, um, I've always detached myself from the outcome. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I want the sale, but I don't need it. That's what was going on in my head. Yes. Um, when you're needy, you drop your guard, right? You, you, you start yeah. to silly decisions. You start to do discounts. You start to do deals. You come across too pushy and you repel people. Yes. So um, I've always been ignorant. If that, like my, people ask me, well, you know, what, what do you do when you're selling? I said, I'm, I'm borderline ignorant to the fact that I need the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get that. You're right. You know, when you're, when you're desperate, you know, like the pipeline's dried up, it comes across whether you like it or not to the prospect. But what, Jess, and what advice then have you got to my listeners who are sitting there, maybe their pipeline has dried up and they're not getting the level of inquiries that they were mm -hmm. and they've still got to sell, they've got a quota above their head. How yeah. can you eliminate and detach yourself and not come across as desperate even though you actually are and you do need the money? Stop, yes. Yeah. The easiest bit of advice, stop trying to take from people. Mm. Like stop, stop going into any relationship, any conversation, any meeting with a take mentality. Mm. Um, because, because look, the bottom line is, um, you, you, if you want to take, you got to give first. Yes. And that's why if people want sustainable income, sustainable mm. pipeline, sustainable sales, mm. you've got to plant the seeds every single day. You've got to water them every single day. You can't just mm. go in and speak to someone and expect them to hand over their hard earned cash. Would you do it? No. You know, so, so you've got, you know, you, and, and I, this is what I say to people. It's like, you know, um, like you've got to think of it as if I, I need, it's almost like, especially in this, especially with what's going on in our economy at the moment, like you've, you've got, you've got to doubly earn the right to sell. Yes. And that happens by adding value, detaching yourself from the outcome and, and stop needing to take from people because when I, it's like, I, I always look at sales like this. It's like when you need a sale, it doesn't happen. It's like waiting for a bus when you need, yeah. need, I need a bus. I'm going to be late. I need it. I need it. I need it. And it doesn't even turn up. Um, what happens when you don't need a bus? You get three. That's it, man. And, and that's the same with sales, man. It's like you give, set the intention, obviously to make sales. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, you never lose that desire to, yeah. to, to make sales, but you detach yourself emotionally as well from mm. the outcome and, and serve, just add value and give. And, and I want know. to ask on that. I want to ask, you said about you have to add value first, yeah, to earn the right. And I get that. So what, what practical tips and advice can you give my listeners who might be selling, some of them will be selling corporate hospitality. Some of them will be selling corporate rooms at hotels or software. So yeah. how can they give value first? Yeah, good, good, good point. So the key is, is this, mate. With, with people who are, um, you know, you, obviously it's industry specific, clearly, you know, you've got to look at what, well, what, what can I do to add value? For example, one of the easiest ways to add value is online, social media, you know, adding value, doing videos, showing, giving people tips. Yeah. I always say to people, if you want to do social media tips, mm. um, look at the three to seven biggest problems that your customer faces on a daily basis. Yes rotate that each day and just do a quick two to three minute, no longer than that, two to three yeah. minute video on that problem that they're facing. Just pick yeah. one of those and give them some, give them a little tip. Give them yeah. a little tip. Now, obviously you want to give them plenty of what and plenty of why in that mm. tip. 
not the how. If they want the how, they've got to pay for it, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but give them enough value to kind of shift them, their, their, their thought process around that yeah. and just stay, stay in their minds because what that does is it practices something that I call forefront marketing. And what I mean by that is staying in the forefront of your buyer or prospect's mind when they're ready mm, to buy. I love that. So, so it's like, it's the whole, um, you know, um, when, when, when the student's ready, the teacher shall appear mentality. Yes. And, 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 uh, you know, you know, not everyone's ready to buy when you're ready to sell, but you must be ready to sell when they're ready to buy. Yes. And, um, staying in their minds means the next time they have a problem that you can solve, they think of you and not your competition. And I get that. I think that's brilliant. And, but you're basing that on, you said, you know, get five to seven of the challenges your prospect faces, but what if, (laughs) Some of my listeners, you know, I ask them, who's your target audience? And they say the dreaded words, everyone. Yeah. And you know, for me, everyone is no one. So how can they know who's their tar- ideal audience? And then how do they find out what are their seven biggest challenges they face? Cool. So um, can I be honest? Please. Am I allowed to swear? Please swear, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if anyone's listening right now, and they say that their target audience is everyone. Hmm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. Get fucking real. I don't think sales is for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mean by that is you cannot sell to everyone who has a pulse and a freaking checkbook. It yeah. doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. You, and this is why a lot of salespeople fall flat on their backside. Not because they don't have a good product. It's because they're tired. Yeah, they're knocking on the wrong doors. That old school bang on a hundred doors till someone says yes mentality. That's old. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, I'd rather bang on a hundred doors of people who actually want to hear what I've got to say. Yes. So, dig deep. Mm. Ask yourself who who actually is my audience. Mm. Who would benefit from my product or service? Mm. Who definitely has problems that we can solve with our product or service? Yes. And focus on those people alone. Now. Like once you know who these people are, because like one of the things you mentioned to me, like some of your pe- your clients are selling stuff to like corporate hospitality yeah. or packages or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, your your way of giving value first to your ideal client will be different to like like how you and I might do it with social media. Right. So, so you might not your, your your corporate buyer might not be on social media looking at this stuff. So yeah. what do you do? Well, give get creative. Like when was the last time you sent the freaking corporate buyer pizza for lunch? Yeah. Absolutely. With your freaking business card attached to it. Absolutely. Like, like when was the last time you got creative and then rang them the following day and asked them if they enjoyed their lunch? Yeah. Like what, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box here, but I'm no, just, you're right. When, you're when, right. like you've got to find an in, you've got to find a way, you've got to find a way in. you've got to get creative with stuff. You've got yes. to like, like, like maybe, maybe you, cre- you create a complimentary re- um, report for them. Like maybe do yeah. a com- complimentary assessment on their, on their business, on their this, on their that, or whatever. Mm. Like, give, give. Like, what can you yeah. give to get in? Like, here's what I used to do when I, when I first started my healthcare business. I, I was reliant on social services to refer people to me. And, mm. it, you know, it's very much still is the, it's, it's almost like in social services, although they, they say it's not, it's very much the old boys network. It's who do you yes. know? Yes. And, um, and I had to get in, in, in front of these people. So, whilst I was trying to get referrals and, and it was hard and I was just, you know, I was competing with everybody else who was like in with all the social workers. Mm. I thought, well, I need to give first. So what, I thought, well, what problems do social workers have? Mm. Overwhelm, stress, yeah. you know, yeah. big workloads, all that kind of stuff. So I said, I contacted all the social services 
and community teams and said, Hey, I'm putting on a free, you know, I'm putting on a free training, lunchtime yeah. training. I'll bring all the lunch and bring, I'm putting on free training on, and how to deal with stress and overwhelm. Yeah, amazing. And they went, yeah, yeah, great. We'll have that. Obviously they, they wanted the sandwiches because that's what yeah. <laughs> healthcare professionals prefer. Um, <laughs> but, but it, it was my in, right? It was my foot yeah. in. Yes. It was my foot in. And once, I, what you look, once you're in and you've given value, the law of reciprocity kicks in because yeah. then they started going to me, hey, which, which, which like, care business are you from? Oh, really? Have you got any voids at the moment? Have you got any empties? Like, yeah. yeah, glad you asked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've, got, I've got a perfect client for you. I've got a per-. And suddenly the doors open and that made me understand that you've got to give first, man. So no, I give. love that. I love that. And I know, Jason, you, you work with some incredible entrepreneurs like Rob Moore, um, you know, John Lee of Wealth Dragons, Andy Harrington, some of some absolute incredible sales heroes. What's some of the best advice that you've been given either from those guys or yeah. in your journey? Yeah, look, I'm very, I'm very blessed to be um, surrounded by these guys. They're, they're definitely peers of mine, people I look up to, um, people who I used to watch from the audience before I became a speaker, actually, yeah. um, thinking, hey, I, you know, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful to, to you know, have them you know, as peers now, but also as incredible um, members of a mastermind group that I'm in. Um, they, they're very giving. They give so much beautiful advice. And um, I think um, like some of the nuggets Rob shared, uh, he's always sharing nuggets. There's so, so many of them. Yeah. But um, when it comes to sales, um, one of the things he's talking about at the moment, which really hit home with, um, you know, not just with me, but with a lot of people that I know, because it's yeah. something that's relevant, is... Um, especially during this time, if you're going to sell, you've got to manage your headspace. Mm. Got to manage your headspace, and that means getting rid of any like like negativity, any mm. any naysayers or any because like in sales, like dude, you you probably you know you know this anyway. Like there's people out there with these really bad attachments to sales. They think selling is a yeah. bad thing. Yeah, and um and there's people out there going, hey, you shouldn't be selling to anyone during this time. Yeah. You shouldn't be selling to anyone during coronavirus or whatever it might be. And, and you're like, well, hey, no one's complaining that the supermarket's still selling to you. Yeah, no one's complaining that the, the pharmacy is. And why is that? Because it's a necessary purchase. So, yes. you know, um, well, how about my product would save your relationship? How about my product would save your business? How about my product would save your, your, your family, would save your career? That's yeah. a necessary purchase in my eyes. So you've, so you've got to, you've got to remove the naysayers, get, like clear your headspace. So, so Rob, like Rob definitely, um, he shared that with me. Um, John, John Lee, you know, good, good friend. He, you know, he's just a, he's killing it on social media. Absolutely mm. crushing it. It's like, mm. like millions of followers online on Instagram mm. and Facebook and stuff. And one of the things that um, I'm still trying to catch up with, yeah. um, you know, is, is I'm just inspired by how much content he puts out. Like uh, yeah. so when I was telling you earlier on about your viewers or your listeners, sorry, like telling people to, to, to add value, share tips on social yeah. media, like, like obviously Rob does this as well, but John's like killing it is like crushing it with loads of content or yeah. like all, all over his, all over his stuff. Um, you know, so, so definitely content from John content from Rob as well, because he's like, he's like omnipresent. He's all over yeah. every single bloody platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's just very, it's very nice to be in a peer group like that because you, you know, as much as I, yeah, I can add value to it as well. Like I'm mm. a sponge. So I learn from anyone. I learn from my clients. I'm, oh, I'm totally. Not, yeah. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of, a lot of salespeople that I'm working with now, they've the, I'm not saying they've got a bad attitude, but I think they're mm. panicking. 
because mm-hmm. and and they they've said what you suggested that no one's buying now i can't sell to people which i've given them some advice but what's your best advice to have a positive attitude on a mm-hmm. daily basis um well top tips i'm giving my clients at the moment which is seeing them make sales is this is understanding that you sell how you buy mm. and if right now you've stopped buying yourself if mm-hmm. right now you've cut off all your car payments you'll stop paying this you'll stop paying subscriptions you'll stop paying this you'll stop paying that you have no right to ask someone else to buy from you yes because what you're doing is is you're sending out the signal that hey it's okay for me not to pay someone who I owe money to, but you, you need to pay me. How is that even in balance, man? That doesn't yeah. even make sense. So yeah. you, you sell how you buy. So if right now you've stopped buying, you are going to automatically assume other people have stopped buying, which means you sell with that energy. And that, my friend, is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's a really right. good point. Really yeah. good point. So change your, change your attitude. Like, like understand people are still buying. Yes. People are still buying. Like, how do you know that? Well, go and try and get a packet of pasta off the shelves, mate. Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. People, are, people are spending money. They're, they're just being a bit more frugal with who they spend money with. So yeah. Yeah. make sure what you're offering, A, you've doubly earned the right, and B, it's what we spoke about just a little while ago, which is, yes. is deemed as a necessary purchase. Make it, make it a necessary purchase in their mind. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I know, you know, I know you were mentored by Andy Harrington back in the day. Mm. And, and he was the, he's known as the, the real self from stage guru, right? He gets yeah. people in the room. And, and I think there's a real art and skill to that, a real salesmanship to that. Share, yeah. but, but I know, Jess, and you're, you have the same, same skills and had similar results. So share with my listeners the, maybe the top three tips that you use to have that success. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. First of all, um, Andy, you know, he trained me up uh, back in 2015 and I, you know, carried on getting mentored by him until today. You know, obviously, you know, he's opened many doors for me. I've got a lot of gratitude for him. Yeah. Um, and he did. He taught me the art of um, pitching from stage, mm. uh, which, which saw me make a hundred grand in 90 minutes, um, nice. you know, which, which, was, which, was, which was great. Now, what would I say the top tips are from for not, I, I like to call it platform sales. So whether you're selling on a stage, on a webinar, yeah. uh, in a boardroom, face-to-face, whatever platform you're on, yes. um, if you're using the, 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 the art of speaking to sell, yeah. um, first and foremost, make it about the audience, not about you. So yeah. like, that's tip number one. Stop thinking about yourself, thinking about the audience. So what do they, what do they need? Mm. What, do they, what, what do they need? Who am I speaking to and what do they need? That's mm. number one. Mm. Now, now, number two, number two, like I said earlier, don't sell to them, help them buy. Yeah. Present something to them that opens a loop in their head and goes, hey, mm. I have a problem. Mm. And if I carry on running the strategy I'm running at the moment, it is going to get worse or it's not going to get better. Yeah. But if I run the strategy this person's talking about, things will change. Now, the number of times you do that during your presentation, mm. which is basically ping-ponging them to where they are now and where they'd like to be, where you are now and where you'd like to be, mm. coupled with where you are now and why that's not working, where would you like to be, here's why you should do my program or work with me or whatever. Yes. You do that enough during your presentation, by the end of it, that's, that's the selling done. Yes. That's the selling done. You're, you, you're not... You're like, you, you've got to understand that you're selling the minute you open your mouth, right? So yeah. that's the sales done because now you've helped them buy. Yes. And then the third thing I would say at the end of it 
is understand the difference between selling and closing. They're two different things. In what regard? You, you've, you've done the selling already. Yeah. You've done the selling already. Now it's time to filter out who wants to buy. Mm. So, so be, be clear, be direct with who it's for, who it's not for. Yeah. Make a very clear offer. Stand in your power. This is where a lot of people, like, they, they lose it on the close. They just mm. they lose it. Like, they're, 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 their nerves kick in or they're like, oh, my gosh, what if nobody wants to buy or whatever? Mm. Well, you know, like I said earlier on, you sell how you buy, right? So yes. understand that you've got, you've got to, the minute you close, like the last tip I'd say on that the, with the close part, the minute you go into the close, yep. don't rely on confidence. Mm. Now, a lot of people go, what are you talking about, Jesson? Like, you've got to be confident if you're going to sell. I don't believe that. I can take someone who's got the worst confidence ever yes. and make them the best closer. Do you know why? Well, because I tell them to sell from a place of certainty. How okay. certain are you that you can get someone a result if they come and work with you? How certain are you? Right? You know, it's like, you know that state you get into when you know you're right? Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like when I'm arguing with my missus. I know I'm right. <laughs> Well, no, I, want, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to learn from you, Jesse. That's, that's no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm always wrong. But you know, you know, you know, but you know when you you know when you know you're right about something. Like what what, what state do you go into? You like yeah. no, you like, like hey no, I know what I'm talking about. I'm right. Yeah. I know what I'm talking. About. Now yeah. that that's certainty. Now that means what that presupposes is certainty breeds confidence. Yes. Not the other way around. Yes. Certainty breeds confidence. So. When you are about to close, go into a state of certainty. Even if like you're going like you're selling a new product, just don't worry about it. How yeah. certain are you that you, your product, your company, how certain are you, hand on heart, that you can get a result for that person working with you? And if you are certain, bang, the confidence kicks in. Yeah, I love that. That's that's gold. Absolute gold. I know you're you're appearing this Sunday on Rich House, Poor House. Yes. Tell, tell me about that. What's that all about? Gosh, um, so it's so a good friend of mine, um, Stephen Green, who is uh, also a fellow speaker. Um, you know, he, he was on the show a few weeks ago, but prior, prior to that, um, he put me in touch with the uh, producers because he thought that I'd be a good, good fit for the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, they came around my house and, uh, you know, had a chat with me and, uh, yeah, casted me for the show, basically. Amazing. And, uh, I, I, I will be appearing this Sunday at 9 p.m., the 26th of April, 9 p.m. on Channel 5 in the U.K., um, and uh, on Rich House Poor House, where I, I get to swap lives for a week, me and my family, we swap lives for a week with a lower income family from yeah. uh, uh, up north, up Bradford. Yeah. Um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all the way down in sunny Kent. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of, bit of a trek for us, but, uh, but we, we swap lives for a week and we, we live on their budget for a week. Love it. And uh, they live on our budget for a week. So um, watch it, my friend. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah, please do. Please do. And I know you're, you're the founder of Business and Marketing School. So tell me a bit about that, Jess, of how you help, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, salespeople. Yeah. Well, predominantly, when I started out training people back in 2015, um, my driver behind it was to help business owners work less and get paid more. Yeah. Um, because that was my thing. Like, you know, I was able to become financially free from my business, built it up on systems, processes, and people, um, you know, and, and I just realized that, hey, this whole working hard mentality, it's old. Yes. It's like, why should you work hard? Like, who, who says you need to work hard? Like, yep. you know, that's an old mentality we pick up from parents and teachers, maybe. I don't know. Yep. But like, you know, work smart is what I felt, you know. So, yeah. um, 
so I'm, I'm a big believer in leverage. So, so my, my, my initial, uh, you know, theory behind starting up what I was doing in the training industry was to work with established business owners, mm. help them step away from their businesses and, and let them define what they want to do as work. So some, for some of them, they didn't want to work at all. They just wanted that business to run like a machine. Great. Nice. Some people just want to, they love work, so, but they don't want to have to go to work. So they just want to kind of dip their hand in every now and then. And, and some people just love the job. So they want to work three days a week, but have the rest of the week off, whatever it is. Like I used to work with, like, that's how I started out. Um, but then where, where I started getting noticed and started you know, getting, getting invited to different speaking gigs and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I naturally started attracting people who didn't have a business, but wanted to start one. Mm. And I realized that, well, hey, you know, I always say to people, start a business with the intention to sell it, which means it will force you to build systems and processes in that business. Yes. So why don't I just adapt my content slightly to work with startups and established businesses? And, and that's why I kind of rebranded what I was doing about three and a half years ago and created the business and marketing school, which is literally like for me anyway, I'm, of course I'm going to, I'm going to say this, but it's, it's the, it, literally it's the, the most practical business and marketing advice you'll get from anyone. Why? Because it's not from any bloody textbook. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's constantly evolving and adapting. Like you, my, my students are always learning up to date stuff that I'm doing in my business. Yeah. My clients are doing their business and we've really gained traction over the past uh, few years. And, and in, to the, to the point where in the last 18 months alone, I've helped my clients generate over a hundred million in sales. Wow. wow. But more importantly, yeah. Um, have given them a lot of time back, a lot of time back. You know, so. Where can my listeners access, find out more about that, bit more about your great content that you put out there? Yeah, no, I appreciate, appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity for that. So first place I'd say for you to go to is go to my website, um, jessenjames.com, um, J-E-S-S-E-N james.com. Head over there on that website. You'll see all of my uh, social media handles. Um, YouTube is at uh, Jess and James official. Facebook is Jess and James official. Yep. Instagram is uh, Jess and James underscore official. Uh, Twitter's at Jess and James seven. Uh, you can catch me on all those social media profiles. Um, and obviously if you go over, if you head over to my website, there's always something cool on offer that yep. I'm giving away completely free of charge because um, you know, I'm, I've, I have to practice what I preach and I add value and give first. So, um, if there's any gifts on my website, when you land on it, take one. <laughs> Brilliant. Now I, well, I certainly will. And I, and I hope my listeners do as well. Thank Jeff, you. I, I can't appreciate you know, your time enough. Thank you so much Pleasure, for giving Pleasure. up a lot of the time. I can't wait to make you're a celebrity <laughs> you on TV. You know, I'm looking forward to, it. I'll be tuning in nine o'clock on Sunday. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate uh, my, my pl all pleasure is all mine. So keep well, stay safe, and I'll speak soon, my friend. Definitely. You too, buddy. Cheers, pal.